Welcome to Dollars and Cents, creating your fulfilled life with Nicole Romito from Private Vista. In this podcast, we draw from years of experience as well as guest specialists to help you create the life you imagine. Join us in this journey as we enlighten and empower you to align your lifestyle to help you achieve your goals with a clear picture of your future. Now, let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to the Dollars and Cents Podcast with Nicole Romito. Nicole, good to see you. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Bill. It's good to be back uh, in the saddle with you. I'm doing great. Excited to uh, launch another year of fabulous podcasts. That's exciting. I'm glad. And it's interesting. I, you know, I learn something every time I, I, I get together with you and we do a podcast. I had no idea of what you're about to discuss so I'm kind of fascinated and kind of amused. <laughs> well, and I hope uh, I hope that this podcast will not be applicable to you. <laughs> Thank you. Maybe family members or friends or colleagues. Uh, yes. And for our listeners, uh, welcome to uh, not only the new year, but uh, the divorce month and the start of divorce season. <laughs> so uh, in studio with me today, I have the fabulous Susan Guthrie. Hi, Susan. How are you? Hi, Nicole. So happy to be here. Uh, so I'm so happy to have you here. And uh, for our listeners, um, even though we are, you know, trying to make light of the situation, we know it's a it's a really tough time of year. Um, I know as Susan and I were talking about this before uh, getting into the studio, you know, you got the new year, new you, and then there's the not but not with you. So <laughs> Um, we wanted to launch this uh, podcast and share all this really great information with our listeners in January because so many people, after they get through a holiday season, they they just they say, I can't do this another year. Um, and maybe they knew that ahead of time, but they're like, let's push through one more holiday for the kids or the grandkids or whatever. But now they're just really realizing I can't do this. And, uh, you know, maybe it didn't go so well with the family or things like that. So, um, what we're going to talk about today is, uh, let me give a little background on Susan. And then what she and I are going to discuss is just, if you are thinking about getting a divorce or you're starting the process, what's the best way to do so to set yourself up to have as successful of a divorce as possible. And how Susan and I define it being successful is, you know, ideally you and your family and your finances come out as whole as possible. Uh, Susan, anything you want to add on to that before I read your bio? No, actually, I was just thinking that is a really good quick summary of what a successful divorce looks like, although I don't think most people think about success and divorce you know, all together, but, you know, coming out as sanely and as intact and whole as possible is a great definition. Yeah, absolutely. Because we all know, um, even though your marriage is ending, if you have kids together, um, you know, you're going to be co-parenting for the rest of your lives. So there's a, a lot, a lot of road ahead of you. 
Okay, well, let me just give a brief. This is a for for my audience. This is a very brief background, Um, (laughs) but Susan just wanted us to highlight a few of the things that are probably of interest to you. She had a successful practice in Connecticut for 32 years and now is a well-known collaborative and mediation trainer. And she pivoted because she wants to help other attorneys learn how to effectively help their clients choose a more productive and amicable way to divorce. Um, I'm very fortunate to have her as my guest because she's also the host of two fabulous podcasts, which you may want to check out, and that's Divorce and Beyond. And then if you're a professional in our area, she also hosts Make Money Mediating. So again, welcome, Susan. Uh, That was a very brief overview of your successes. Um, I just want to highlight that for our listeners. Why don't we, before we dive in, when you're not making the divorce world a better place, what do you like to do for fun? Oh, gosh, what a great question and not one that I usually get hit with on a podcast. Ah. No, you know, it's fun. Well, since we live in this fabulous city of Chicago, Mm -hmm. I have to tell you, I moved here during COVID and or just before COVID hit. So I, I moved in and basically sat in a glass box in the sky for three years. And yeah. so now that we're allowed back out of the box, um, I actually am enjoying playing tourist in our own beautiful city and getting out there and going and doing things like going to the aquarium and the museum. Oh, I love and- the aquarium. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so that's my current um, out of office uh experiences. Yes, exactly. Perfect. Well, thanks for sharing. So with that, now that our listeners know a little bit about you, why don't we just dive right into the topic at hand? Um, And I think I'm going to start a little broadly and kind of let you take it where we want to. But, you know, you've decided to get a divorce. Now what? Right. Um, I know, Susan and I, you talk about um, most people will be hiring a team of professionals At a minimum, most people will know that they should get an attorney. And I know as you and I have talking about, we've talked about, you know what, it may not be the best first step to hire an attorney on your team. Since you are an attorney, I would love, as I know our listeners would, to understand um, why you're advocating for not calling the attorney first. And and most of my colleagues, I will tell you, take umbrage at this <laughs> this answer that I give. I'm but shocked. I, I, yeah, you know, it it doesn't go along with the party line. But I will tell you, 33 years as a divorce attorney, uh, right now in this moment, we know, and you mentioned it earlier, right, that we are in divorce month, January, right. which is really sort of this time of year where we see a statistical jump of about 33 percent in divorce filings. And and you mentioned the many reasons why that might be. But the other thing that we know about divorce is the the early days, no matter what side of the fence you're on, and I'll explain that, this is an emotional time. This is a time where you are feeling a lot of things, and most of them are not the, the popular, happy, upbeat feelings. It's usually fear, anger, resentment, betray. I mean, there's just, it's negative. It's negative emotions. It's a lot to deal with. There's usually two camps. You have the person who has decided after usually a very long process of back and forth that it is time to get a divorce. And then you have the other person who can sometimes feel somewhat blindsided, even if they've talked about it before, it's never happened actually, 
who suddenly is told, nope, this time is it, we're getting a divorce. And both people are thrown into an emotional turmoil. And to me, that is the absolute worst time to go out and select an attorney who is going to be your guide and partner through this process. Because when you select that attorney from that place of anger, fear, whatever those negative emotions are, you tend to gravitate toward the more litigious approach, the more combative, the more traditional nail them or her to the wall, take it all. Yeah. Scorched earth. I'm going to get my revenge. I'm going to get what I deserve. Oh, gosh. Yes. Yes. Don't we we love hearing that? (laughs) Yes. Well, that's it. It always reminds me. I had a colleague in San Diego when I when I lived out in California and his firm's motto was when the rings come off, the gloves go on. Oh, it was boxing gloves were his awful. Right. Oh, but it appeals Yes. To people who are feeling scared, hurt, emotional, and all yes. those things. Yes. So I always say the better thing to do at the very beginning of your divorce is to get your team members in place who are going to help you with that emotional content so that when you do make your decisions about the process you're going to use to get through your divorce yeah. and the attorney and other professionals you're making it from a place of, let me call it sanity and right. rational thinking, not emotionally based. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know, and, and you're going to be getting, we're going to talk about the other team members. Um, and the reason we talk about a team is, you know, the attorney is, you guys went to law school, you understand what are the legal statutes or guidelines in the particular state where the divorce is going to take place. And then also too, like the court precedents or things like that. Um, of course, you, you know, you and I, we neither of us have um, uh, a lot of like psychological or therapy background, but you and I actually act as de facto therapists a lot in when we were working with our clients or talking with people. Um, I know in particular, right? Anytime the money comes up, it doesn't matter how little or how much there is there's emotional baggage that's coming with it as well. Um, so we have to work that way. But the attorneys, you know, I think where you're, I think this will be kind of a good pivot is why might you want to either consult with a, a divorce coach or a financial professional who specializes in the divorce world? Um, maybe kind of compare and contrast of what one of us could bring to the table um, and starting with one of us first, before going to the attorney who of course has knowledge based on like the emotional stuff and the financial from experience, but that's not what your training and education is focused on. Right? Yeah. And you've, you've said that so well, because everyone thinks, well, if I have a divorce attorney, don't I have everything that I need? Right. And I wish that were true. I wish we all had therapy degrees, financial degrees, law degrees, but you know what? I think I'd still be in school (laughs) rather than having been practicing for the past 30 some odd years. When would you be able to see clients with all the CE you would be doing? (laughs) Exactly. Right. (laughs) I mean, it's not really possible. I've picked up an anecdotal 
um, as you've said, uh, education over the years, because I get to work with fabulous financial professionals such as yourself and uh, mental health professionals. Yes. But you're right. That's not my training. And, you know, one thing I want people to realize about divorce attorneys is that we do bring a very essential component of the divorce to the yes. table because the law, it is a legal process. It but is. if it were, if the laws were black and white hmm. and it were super clear under the law, what your, I'm going to put this in those hypothetical quotes, everybody, you can't see me, but what you're entitled to, then frankly, we could just take your situation and put it into a computer and plug and chug what the outcome is going to be. It's because there's all the financial, there's all the emotional, there's all the aspects around your children. That's what makes it complicated. And that's where the gray area of the law comes in. So yes, you do need your attorney to help deal with that gray area of the law because it isn't black and white. Right. All those other components are equally as critical. So if you build, it's like a stool without the proper number uh, or a chair without the proper number of legs, right? If you only have one professional, an attorney, you are wobbling around on one leg on your stool. And I think that's called a top, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's it's a toy for children. I was picturing you on a unicycle, but you know, (laughs) same thing. You're much better off with three or four legs for stability, for support. And, you know, you mentioned the two that I think are probably the most essential. Um, I advise every client I have ever had to have a divorce coach and to have a divorce financial professional involved. Um, And that is because one is there to help with both the emotional content that we've touched on that really, truly needs to be managed. You need to learn how to manage your emotions or you will not make rational decisions. And you need a financial professional. Even if you are a financial professional yourself, Mm. you should have one helping you. It's just like that old adage about the attorney who represents himself has a fool for a client. (laughs) They say that. I would say the same. I, I went through a divorce. I had an attorney. I didn't represent myself. Right. And it's the same thing when it comes to a financial professional, especially one who has a specialized understanding and training in the issues of divorce, right? That you you and I both know that right. is a critical, critical component. It because really it's complicated. is because it gets complicated. complicated. There's specific tax laws, um, understanding just what the statutes are or if the states have any type of formulas um, and just kind of having that experience to know what will kind of, you know, fly on the legal front. Not that we give legal advice, but if someone's like, well, I want to get, you know, 100 percent of everything or I, I think I know I've seen um clients come to me and, or they're like actually working with attorneys and they've said, well, I don't, what's your experience in divorce? Cause I've worked with other advisors and they do their plan and say, well, you need 80% of all the assets and this much amount of maintenance or what's known as alimony in some States. And the attorney's like, I, I, we're never going to get that done. And of course we know that's what the client attaches or anchors to. Right. So they've, you know, we'll give them some grace and say they've inadvertently derailed the whole process or discussion. 
Yeah. And, and so, unfortunately they've set such an unrealistic expectation right. that it harms the whole process because now that person feels deprived. Yes. I'm not getting what I need. Right. What you I won't deserve. give it to me what I deserve, what I'm entitled to those, the, the most expensive words in divorce oh, is gosh. I just want what I'm entitled to. Right. right? Um, hear it every day, but yeah, you're right. I mean, that's why, you know, and, and you probably hear this as well. I I hear this from clients when I advise them that they should have a coach and that they should have a financial professional. Well, I'm already paying you or the attorney so much money. I really, it's, I can't afford to have these other professionals and hear me when I say this people out there listening, because I, I say this from 30 plus years of experience. I've seen it go both ways. So I know there's a difference. You will actually save money by spending the money on good professionals because your process will be smoother. It will be faster. They will help you deal with the conflict. So your emotional, your coach is going to help you deal with the conflict that could arise that drags everything out and makes it more expensive. And by God, our financial professionals, our divorce financial professionals, they find the ways to make the money work as well as it possibly can. No one has it. You and I both know, right? Nobody has a perfect financial situation. Right. We've done multi-million dollar, yeah. I've had, you know, billion dollar divorces. Yeah. There's always complications when it comes to money, but the, the amount of money it can save you to not make that tax mistake or right. to know which accounts can be split appropriately and others you should stay away from and keep whole or I'm, you know I'm just giving some made up examples yeah, some high level seen. examples yeah it it will honestly save you time and money now will you ever know that no because you didn't go down the litigation route right. to find out without the supporting people but if you do that you are going to know how expensive divorce can be because yeah. when you go through an unsupported divorce it's going to be expensive and it's going to take a lot longer than it needed to. It is. And then oftentimes I've seen this where people have come to me at, Oh, I've gotten divorced. It's all, you know, it's all worked out. Here's my, um, here's my marital settlement agreement and things like this. And exactly. And they're done. And I, and I'm like, okay. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, where, you know, what about the quadro? You're supposed to get a portion of his or her 401k or pension. Well, no, no, this, this document says I'm getting half. We don't need to do that. Or they didn't, you know, take into account, um, like survivorship benefits or tax consequences, or the fact that a certain type of accounts can only be owned by one natural individual. So, but at that point, what's done is done. And then you're either trying to work, you know, out, well, how can we um, execute the agreement? So you're you're maintaining what you were supposed to, or uh, oftentimes or not, you have to re-engage the attorneys because things need to be renegotiated um, from the legal level again. So yeah. if they can, if, if they, they can, can even be, sometimes these mistakes can't be fixed. I've seen right. those, unfortunately, too, you know, or where someone, the big one that I, I, one of the biggest errors that I ever saw in my 30 plus years was where the couple decided not to get a pension evaluated, oh. um, valued. And um, they took, 
one of the numbers off one of the state, right? You know, they did that and it turned out to be a multi, multi-million dollar pension. It was one of those and and it had been valued much, much, much lower and he had just paid out a, a, a portion of that in cash. And so- oh, wow. And there's no, there was no fixing it. Right. It, it was a choice that they made that they had been advised not to do. Whereas if they'd had a financial advisor and in a case that big, they really should have- Right. It was was quite so. So it's that, you know, penny wise, pound foolish mentality of not spending maybe the thousands of dollars to get it valued that ended up costing one of the parties, you know, I I, untold tens of if not hundreds of thousands. Right. I yeah, I, I agree. Um, and why don't we, I think that's a good way to pivot on if you are at the beginning of the process, um, how do you, how do you kind of get to the right professionals, right? Um, you know, you've mentioned uh, even in your bio, and then we've talked about we're both big fans of ADR or alternative dispute resolution. So everyone out there think the opposite of the movie, The War of the Roses. Um, you know, so there are kinder, gentler ways to go through a divorce and still come out with um, what you hopefully come out with what you need. I don't want to make any guarantees, but with these other processes, you can have discussions about what are your goals, what are your needs, and then to the extent possible that the marital estate allows, you know, try to meet as many of those goals for both of the um, spouses. Hey, pardon the interruption. I know you are listening to Dollars and Cents, Creating Your Fulfilled Life with Nicole Romito, and we're happy you're here. If you have any questions, please head over to myprivatevista.com or the show notes to find out how to reach us. We'd love to hear from you. So do you want to start off with like, maybe if we've talked a little bit about this ADR, how do you find an attorney who truly does um, believe and is committed to that process? You want Is that a good place to start? Yeah, it's a great, actually a great place to start. And one of the questions I get most often um, on my own podcast from people, because I'm always talking about choosing a collaborative process or choosing a mediation process for a divorce, you know, you can always fall back on litigation, but I right. always advise, like, let's start with a more cooperative approach where you can do exactly what you just talked about, work together to try and find the solutions that get both of you as much of what you want as possible. And so my first place to start for people is contact your local collaborative law uh, association. So almost every, certainly every state in the country and even different localities in, uh, you know, certainly the greater Chicago area, but, you know, wherever you might be, uh, there is a collaborative law society. Start there because those are the collaborative um, organizations that consist of the attorneys, yes, who have that type of training, which is over and above, by the way, so you all know that what we learn in law school, this is additional training and working collaboratively, being a mediator, et cetera. But then that's also where you're going to find the financial advisors, the mental health professionals who also have that training to work together as a team to support you. And so they're going to be able to give you names off their roster, and then you have to go and vet them. 
I know that people do not like to do this. Um, it's it's like any interview process. I know when I have to interview for a new assistant or something like that, there's right. something about it that's just hard. I want to. I don't want to ask people hard questions and come across as the mean boss. But these this is these are very important, very very important people yeah. who are going to guide you in your life. You have to find the right one. So I always advise three attorneys. You should talk to three financial advisors, three coaches before you make a decision, even if you love the first one. And and that may end up being the one you go with. It, right. Go talk to two more at least. I, I agree. Um, and especially on the attorney, because the attorney you hire is going to really be the one driving the bus on which process you end up using and even then how how successful that process is applied or implemented right yes um i know we've seen when i i got my start in the divorce world being a financial neutral on the collaborative team and i was on many a cases where one attorney certainly was trained embodied it championed it and the other one just could not take off their litigation hat and I mean, we, the poor coach had to start managing the other attorney. We were like, yes. forget about the client's emotions. Like we're trying to be like, whoa, you know, so. <laughs> hey, Fred, dial it down. Right? Like Fred, there, buddy. Not, you know, yeah, exactly. So it is really important that, um, um, you know, and maybe we can talk about some questions to ask when you're talking to, I, I know I went down the attorney lane, but any of your professionals to see if they truly, um, are educated or trained and then are utilizing, do they have experience and like, you know, oh yeah, I've done one collaborative case or 90% of my practice is collaborative at this point, right? Yeah. Huge, huge difference. And I will mm -hmm. say it's, it's a very important thing to talk about. I'm so happy you brought it up because unfortunately, or fortunately, collaborative has become something of a buzzword yes. in the divorce space Yes, where there are some practitioners who are sort of using it as a marketing tool, I would call it. Right? I agree. Yep. Yeah. Because, because there it's, it's something that sounds appealing to people who are going through divorce. They don't want to spend the time and money and stress to have a an adversarial divorce. So they hear collaborative and it sounds like the process that they want, but you have to be, anyone can say they've been collaboratively trained. What you want to know is what collaborative training do they have? You know, what courses we, we it's, there's a minimum standard of training, but right. then there's advanced courses. I, I, as you mentioned at the top of the episode, I'm a trainer as well. Yes. And I can tell you, even if you've gone through the training, half the people who come through the training, it doesn't mean that you are a, actually a collaboratively minded practitioner on the other side. It's a right. very different headspace for the professionals. And so your other question that you mentioned, I think is equally important, if not more important, is, you know, how often and how much collaborative work do you actually do? And how successful right. are your collaborative divorce cases? Meaning, do they generally resolve in the collaborative process or are your people falling out of collaborative mm, more often than not? Right. Because I think when you find that you have people who have not been or are not committed to the collaborative process, yeah. those th they may get involved and then the process unfortunately will fall apart. And those are 
the worst cases because people went in with the hope that this was going to be the process for them. And now it's fallen apart and they're even more upset than they would have been had they gone straight into litigation. So it, it's yeah. it's a paradigm for a very bad ending to a divorce. It, yeah, it really is. And then, of course, those people are out there talking about how collaborative doesn't work or it's a scam or don't, you know, you're not really being advocated for. So it's not helping get the true... I mean, there's, you know, pros and cons to every process. There's no one right fit. Um, I've been on collaborative teams where I'm like, I I don't know who did the intake on this one, but okay, (laughs) strap in. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, well, glad I'm a neutral. I'm just representing the money. I don't know. I'm just here to talk about what's best for everyone, right? What's not. Well, but that's a good point. I just want to, I want to. Stop on that because everybody thinks collaborative means kumbaya, right? Right, like they're interchangeable words. And I just yes. want everyone to understand: you don't have to be best friends with your spouse as you go through a divorce in order to have a mediated or collaborative divorce. You can be having a, a difficult process. Like the two of you may not be feeling too simpatico. Guess what? Not uncommon. We're right. used I mean, you're that. still getting divorced. So, you're, right. It's right. And we're talking divorced. about, gee, nothing big, just your money and your kids. Right. You right. Know, no big deal. No big deal. But promise you that if you have good professionals and you stay committed to the process, right. Doing what you say you're going to do, you don't have to like or love anyone involved in the process. You just have to trust the process and do what you say you're going to do. Yeah, that's, and that's it will a work. great piece of wisdom. It really is. I know both of us have been part of very um, uh, contentious or high conflict personalities on both sides. And we've been able to successfully get them through either a mediation or collaboration. Sure. I mean, think of it as self-preservation. You know, if you if you're not if you don't care how the process goes for the other person, Two, there, there are two other camps I think you're concerned with. You're concerned with yourself. You care how you get through the process. And if you have children, goodness sakes, I hope you care about how they fare through the process. And exactly. what we know, because you're going to be a part of the decision making and your children are going to fare better. That is just a fact. Yeah. I, I agree. And as we mentioned at the top of the the hour, too, I mean, you're going to be co-parenting for the rest of your lives. And if there's not already, there's potential for grandchildren. I mean, just the family keeps on growing. So a couple of things I'm thinking of with this. Um, how do you if you decided, OK, I think mediation or collaboration sounds great, but how do I present that to my spouse? If either the spouse is like litigate, 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 or you don't have any idea what process, because like you said, a lot of people think collaborative kumbaya, no one, the attorneys aren't representing anyone. They're all just in it to be one big happy professional circle. And I want to highlight that for our listeners is, yes, the attorneys are going to work together But each spouse still has their own attorney who only represents that particular spouse. Um, So you still have someone who's going to be working on your behalf to try to get as many of your needs and goals met, but they're going to try and do it outside of the box, knowing that, hey, if there is a way where we can meet everyone's goals, 
or 70% of both people's goals. Let's do that instead of being like, let's get 100% of your goals met and 0% of his or hers. So right. I just want to kind of highlight that is, you know, the you still have your own attorney representing you. But back to my original question was, how would you present this to your spouse um, if you're kind of starting the process or you you found your attorney first? Yeah. And this is such a common question that I've actually done an episode of Divorce and Beyond on it. And oh, one of the good. things that okay. people can download um, on the website, on the podcast website, is a sample script for oh, how to I talk know. to your spouse about taking your case to mediation. Um, so Great. if people want that, go to divorceandbeyondpod.com and you can download it. But what I wanted to say is, look, there are the key is knowing the benefits of mediating your divorce. And there are a myriad of, yes. of you know, it's faster, it's less contentious, it's costs way less money, it's private, and, and there's so many different benefits. So when people look at those benefits, they tend to gravitate to the ones that matter to them. And what they need to do if they're going to talk to their spouse about mediating is think about the ones that are going to draw their spouse in. And they could be very different mm. from the ones that are going to draw you in. But here's one of those places where the fact that you know your spouse really well can benefit you. There are a lot of those, by the way, in divorce, but here's one of them. Right. You know what incentivizes your spouse. So if they are really concerned about money, the fact that mediated divorces cost 50% or less what a litigated divorce costs on average should get their attention. And that's what you might want to emphasize for them. If they're really concerned that, you know, your the kids not be negatively affected by the after effects of the divorce. The, there's statistics and facts that, that show that children whose parents mediate an agreement have a better outcome post-divorce than children whose parents go through a litigated divorce. So it's knowing why the process will appeal to your spouse and emphasizing that for them. That's brilliant, right? And again, something you're probably thinking, why am I trying to figure out the benefits for him or her? But that's where- Because it works for you. Because it works for you, right? And it works for yeah. your kids. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and I by the way, that's a mini course in how to negotiate people. Yes. Like if you're wondering sure what that is, that is how you negotiate. You don't go into the negotiation with, I want, I want, I want, and this is why I want it. Right. You go into it with, well, I know how important it is to you. So what I was thinking is we could do this and this oh. should have some stuff in there that's going to work for you. I love that. I love yeah. that. That alone, uh, listeners, was worth your time to listen to this episode. <laughs> so. The little golden nugget to take I away. Know. Yes, which <laughs> is a good one. Um, well, gosh, I could sit here and talk to you all day. Our time has flown by. Um, well, I think we're probably going to get a lot of uh, requests to have you back on. Um, why don't we, um, I guess one thing I'm thinking of for, I'm going to close on. And then if there was any other tips or golden nuggets that you wanted to share, but the one question I think comes to my mind is, when does mediation or collaboration, when may that not be appropriate or be the best choice for the process, if any, in your opinion? Yeah. And, and you know, one thing I would say is it would be really rare where you shouldn't give it a try. 
Okay. Um, I, I, I really think that with the appropriate team of professionals in place, almost any situation can be dealt with. And in that, I also include things like substance use disorders, right. domestic violence, you know, things that you, many people think, oh gosh, you could never mediate or right. do a collaborative divorce. In fact, collaborative divorce specifically, or a very integrative team approach mediation could be the very best way to deal with those things, those particular issues. But a case where you are dealing with somebody and, you know, with certain uh, mental health issues uh, can make it difficult to work through any process, honestly. That's, can, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but that doesn't mean it's not worth trying because the, the, pro- the problem is to fall back on the default, which is litigation. That doesn't work very well for those cases no. either. So right. try the the low-hanging fruit, the one that might get you there. As I always said, litigation is always the fallback. It is the default that yeah. the court's going to take you to if you can't do it any other way. Yeah. And like you said, it's always available. Just because you said, let's start with mediation or collaboration, it doesn't take that option off the table. No, and no so. one certainly, no judge is going to hold it against you that you tried other ways to work this out. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think it probably would almost help. I agree. So, yeah, I agree. Okay. Well, that was kind of uh, my last question. I thought would be a good way, to, at least from my side of the table, to wrap up. Do you have any other uh, highlights or uh, one last golden nugget or anything you want to share? You know, I my one last, I would say, golden nugget, knowing that we're here in January, divorce month, would yes. be that we know right now people listening are probably in those very early days of divorce. And again, whether you're in camp one where you've been going back and forth, should I stay, should I go? Or you're in camp two where your spouse just told you, surprise, we're getting a divorce. <laughs> Either way... People have this tendency to hear the word divorce and think that some sort of gun just went off and a race started Mm -hmm. and it's time to run out, hire the attorney, hire all the professionals, you know, make decisions, do all of these things. And it's the very last thing you should do right now. So what I always tell people in this moment, take a deep breath and give both yourself and your spouse the grace of some space. Mm. Just get your feet back under you, you know, move into this. You do not, there's no, you know, court system that's looking over your shoulder because you just said the word divorce or heard the word divorce that is going to tell you, you need to now deal with all of these things in this immediate period of time. And in fact, any decisions we know that you make right now, as I said earlier, are probably going to be from an emotional place, not a rational place. Right. So- don't make any important decisions right now that don't have to be made. Don't engage and just get the support team in place. You know, get, get, I always think the divorce coach is probably one of the first people to get in place because that emotional content, that's their, that's their sweet spot. That's what they're there for. I, I agree. And I was just um, doing an intake call with, um, a potential new client. And, um, you know, the same thing I was like, don't, I was almost just trying to help her. We weren't at the financial side yet. And I was just like, 
don't listen to what he's saying. He's going to tell you he has it all figured out. He's going to tell you, here's my plan. Here's my spreadsheet. You're going to be taken care of. We don't need attorneys. You don't need a financial person. You're going to be fine. And, you know, and, and she's like, well, what do I say? I'm like, you don't say anything. I'm like, he, he's not the one making the rules. He's not going to be the one doing the final decision. And, you know, and it was also the thing where not being, not sharing information. And I get it. I'm like, I understand it's, you're very anxious, very scared, you know, angry. I, I too would feel that way. I go, you might not have the information in the timeline you would like, but you will get it. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I do think I, I like the idea of starting with the coach, uh, because just to kind of get your emotional house in order and they are so helpful with ways to disengage or not engage because oftentimes at this point, you're still living under the same roof with yep. the person. So, yep. well, and just to help you start learning how to forge your new way, start looking forward and making plans. And to what you just said, I always, always tell people, you know, because this happens so often and it usually is the, the husband who comes to the table with that spreadsheet and says, Oh, I figured it all out. It's all done. Don't worry about it. You're taken care of. Yeah. There is no agreement until you both agree. Mm. And so he can agree all he wants, or she can agree all she wants, but until you agree with what they're saying, there's no agreement. There's no power right. in their saying it. So exactly. There's no reason to engage with it. I, perfect advice. Yeah. So awesome. Thank you. All right. Well, um, thanks again for sharing your time. What I know is a small sliver of your knowledge and experience. So I'm so appreciative um, to have you as my friend and to have you uh, on on my podcast. I think, as you know, I wrap up each episode with uh, another fun question, if you will. But if you had no no constraints, no time, financial, needed to be in any one physical place, where would you most like to live and why? Well, that's, that's a super easy one because I've lived there and mm-hmm. I don't live there right now. So I would go back to Southern California and live by the beach. Uh, it's just my happy place. I was just there um, this past weekend and just standing there looking out at that ocean. I tell you, it's just the place. Yeah. It is. I, I love being by the ocean. It's so soothing. So I can I can completely relate to your choice. Yeah. All right. Well, um, Susan, if any of our listeners want to get in touch with you, what is the best way to do so? Easiest way is to go to the podcast website, uh, divorceandbeyondpod.com. And there's a way to reach out to me through that. Or they can just go to my Instagram account, Susan Guthrie ESQ, and um, send me a DM through there. And, uh, you know, most of the listeners that you, that you have here, if they have divorce in their future, this whole month of January, we're doing a series of episodes that are all geared toward people starting that divorce process as well. So they might find some help or support there. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That was a uh, fascinating conversation. And I really had a, I, you know, we all know people who've gone through divorce and I know very few people who've gone through a divorce amicably, even though many of them say they want to. Yep. <laughs> it's so. because of the decisions that are getting made right in those early days. They make them when they're upset and angry and they go higher the gloves on attorney and, and 
it's yeah. very hard to backtrack from that once you've done it, even when well, you want to. It's also to. just so emotionally confusing. I think for a lot of people going through it, I have a friend going through it right now. Yeah. He wants to be good friends with her. He wants to get along with her. He wants to, but he's also feeling like, uh, you know, who's my advocate? And so it becomes difficult. Really yeah. one quick question for you, Susan. Divorce yeah. and beyond, is the and an ampersand or is it, it is. a word? It's an ampersand. Okay, so it's divorce ampersand beyond pod.com. Oh no. Oh, I apologize. So it I, I spelled it out in the um URL. So it's yes. divorce A N D beyond pod.com. Um, but on like the cover art and everything, it's divorce ampersand beyond. No, I'm just concerned with people who are looking for your website. That's yeah, all. Yeah, no, so well, divorce we'll beyond pod.com. And we'll have links um to it in our show notes as well. Fantastic. Well, now that we know how to get a hold of Susan, Nicole, how do we get a hold of you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, on the positive note, no ampersands. <laughs> yeah. It was um, a mistake on my part. Uh, I would change it if I could. Yeah. <laughs> so the best way to get uh, a hold of me is they can either go to my website, which is myprivatevista.com. Uh, on our homepage, there's a contact us button and you can plug in your information, reference this episode or the fact that you're just, you know, looking to uh, get some information on divorce and uh, I will be able to follow up with you. Um, you can also email me at nromito at myprivatevista.com. Um, so those are the two ways I would say it's probably the easiest ways to get a hold of me. And I'm, yeah. I'm happy to answer any questions and be a resource to the extent that I can for people who are going through this emotional and difficult time. And and for those who are not familiar with the podcast, I can tell you that there are a number of episodes where Nicole has dealt with this issue in great lengths. So you might want to go back and look through the podcast. And even better, if you're not a subscriber, you might want to subscribe to this podcast. And that part is easy. Just hit the subscribe button right there in front of you. That way you don't have to remember where you heard it, when you heard it, how to, where do I hear it again? It just gets delivered to you. <laughs> there you are. It is simple. If you find this podcast helpful and useful, and I'm sure you probably do, we'd humbly ask that you rate it and share it with other people, help spread the word about the podcast. On behalf of Nicole Romito and everybody at Private Vista, I'm Bill Tucker reminding you that it's your choice. You can go out and make it a great day or not. It's up to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Dollars and Cents, Creating Your Fulfilled Life with Nicole Romito, sponsored by Private Vista. Visit our website at www.myprivatevista.com or give us a call at 312-831-4370. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Private Vista is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Hightower Advisors, LLC an SEC-registered investment advisor. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable. 
any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other data or information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Private Vista and Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates make no representations or warranties expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for statements or errors or omissions, or results obtained from the use of this information. Private Vista and Hightower Advisors, LLC, assume no liability for action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced. Such data and other information are subject to changes without notice. This was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the authors and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.